Chair staff is ready when you are. Thank you. Good evening. Welcome to the Monday, June 27th, 2022 Sacramento Ethics Commission meeting. It's 5.31 p.m. and I'm calling the meeting to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you. Commissioner Adams? Present. Commissioner Gomez? Here. Commissioner Velasquez? Here. Vice Chair Ng? Here. And Chair Underwood? Here. Thank you. You have a quorum. Great. This meeting is virtual via Zoom. For members of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment. Um, when I confirm that the public comment speaking period for your desired item is here. If you're online, click on the raise hand at the bottom of your screen. In the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. And on telephone, uh, dial star nine to raise your hand and dial star six to unmute. Okay, we will now proceed with today's agenda. Our first business today is approval of the consent calendar which consists of the minutes of the last meeting, the complaint log, and the follow-up log. Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Chair, I have no hands raised to make public comment on the consent calendar. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who wish to speak on the consent calendar? All right, is there a motion and a second to approve the consent calendar? A motion, this is uh, Vice Chair Ng. Okay, um, we have a motion by Vice Chair Ng. Do we have a second? I'll second. And a second by Commissioner Adams. Will the clerk please call the roll for the vote? Thank you, Commissioner Adams. Yes. Commissioner Gomez? Yes. Commissioner Velasquez? Yes. Vice Chair Ng? Yes. And Chair Underwood? Yes. Okay, the motion passes. We'll now proceed to the discussion calendar. Item four is the review of Sacramento Ethics Commission procedures. Is there a staff presentation on this? Thank you, Chair. My name is Mindy Cuppy, City Clerk. At our last meeting, we presented um, the procedures, and it was the direction of the Commission um, for Commissioners to forward to me any updated or recommended language. Um, I did receive comments from two Commissioners and incorporated those into the document here. Um, I do believe there's Commissioners that um, did not submit comments on time but do have comments to make. So, um, Chair, if do you want to go line by line or would you prefer to talk about intent of those changes? Well, um, my understanding is that the changes have to do with the question of whether a complaint can be filed anonymously. Um, is that the only topic for which there were changes? 
Um, I think the, the changes that Commissioner Adams recommended were probably the most comprehensive. So Commissioner Adams, did you wanna speak to that point? Sure, um, I would say first the, the um, changes that I offered, uh, many of which were uh, making sure that some of the language and terms used in the definitions were consistent throughout. So capitalizing words, um, there are some places where evaluator was not independent evaluator, so some of those. Um, the second change did, uh, does speak to the anonymous complaints. Um, and then the third one, which was new, was in reading over it and appreciating last time, um, we discussed some of the changes that had, um, what would happen if there was a conflict of interest with the city clerk. I noticed there was not something similar with the independent evaluator. Um, I will scroll to uh, give you the page where those comments are. Give me one moment. Well, why I find the exact placement, it effectively just outlines a process if there is a, um, a conflict of interest with the independent evaluator, what the process would be including some of the timelines and, and things like that. And it's under um, 2.4, which is on page six of 22 of that item. And that comes out to page four of the actual procedures. Um, so it's 2.4A. Six. 2.4 a oh i see so it's just it's the um material that's in blue it's the entire par uh a paragraph oh. um, i believe that the what's in blue was added by the city clerk's office if i'm correct uh -huh. Okay, so you added the entire paragraph A? Yes, prior to that, there was nothing that spoke to it, if there was an event of, of a um, conflict of interest with the independent evaluator. Okay, great. And I will note as you all are looking that over that I did realize in reviewing this for today's meeting, that um, I did not offer updates to the complaint form itself, which is um, towards the, you know, the bottom of the entire packet. So on page um, 20 of, you know, the, the full package where it has your name, it does have, um, it has that the commission requires that the complaint identify, the complainants identify um, themselves, which with these new rules that will need to be revised. So I would just recommend to the city clerk's office to make updates as necessary based on whatever changes we adopt today. Thank you. Okay, so um, there are also changes on, maybe those are my changes, I don't know, on page Six of 15, which is page eight of the, of the package, which is, has to do with the, I don't know, Commissioner Adams is, I don't know if this is partially yours or if it's um, mine. <laughs> I did offer updates to this as well, so it, it could be one of ours or those combined. Okay, so do you wanna talk about that as well? 
Um, yeah, so last time we discussed the sort of need to open up the complaint process so that people who may not want to um, disclose their identity for various reasons um, are able to submit um, a, a complaint as well as, um, you know, not closing the door to people who may be dissuaded from um, offering a complaint because of that. Um, so a lot of these changes just speak to uh, effectively that so long as the changes or so long as the complaint provides enough information to engage in a evaluation or investigation um, that the complaint would be accepted. Um, so I'm not going to go, you know, point by point through um, in if you all have anything that you notice, I will say that there's a few typos in looking at this. There's a few double periods and um, under 3A, there are two C's under complainant um, in the first sentence, but hopefully these changes, uh, the changes themselves make sense to everyone. Um, and then I will note um, one that I did offer as well. If you go to the following page, the blue writing, I did offer um, sort of the availability for complaints to come in through a different way. Originally, the procedures address the complaints coming through the official form, through the official process, and as we've seen, we're receiving complaints through different forums. So just making it so that we can receive complaints so long as they fall under the Ethics Commission's jurisdiction, regardless of how they come in. Okay, great. Um, does that cover all of it? Or do, all of the changes you suggested? Yes, I will not bore you all with going through all of the uh, capitalization. Yeah, I think I'm happy to rely on your eagle eye for the capitalization and double periods and so forth. Um, does anybody else have any comments? Oh, Commissioner Gomez. Yeah, um, I just hoping to clarify the anon 3A, that block paragraph with the blue and red text on page six of 15 on the, mm -hmm. I, I'm not understanding what it's saying. Six. Yeah, I, I just don't understand what that, what that says. Okay, well, in, initially, um, I think part of that language was already there before about that a complainant could file an anonymous complaint if it had to do with the complainant's employment status, like that they were filing against their supervisor. And so that part is already there, was already there about the complainant's employment status. And then we've added or, or other reason for requesting anonymity because we don't want to limit it to um, just on the basis of their employment status. So the complainant may authorize the agency to divulge the complainant's identity to the public. I'm just, I, I'm not sure what that means. 
From my reading of it, you know, first this looked at if a complaint was coming in through, say, the state or through um, through the county, and they referred it to the commission, and they went through those processes and they anonymized themselves. Um, so this process would allow the city to reach out and ask them if they, you know, as it's now transferred to a different um, to the city, um, if if it can be disclosed. But I also see that um, the city attorney raised his hand, so yeah. he may <laughs> have something contrary to that. Uh, no, actually, uh, Commissioner Adams, you're correct. That's why, because some of the complaints that we receive are not directly complaints to the Ethics Commission. But for instance, we've had a complaint come in via the city auditor, for instance, and the city auditor under state law is required to um, keep complainants names anonymous unless the permission is actually given by the complainant to the city auditor to make that name public. So that's to cover situations like that. Okay, I feel like I'm starting to understand it. I think it's just hard because it's a nine. Uh, it's it's one sentence, but it it's it's a whole paragraph. So I'm just trying to work through it. It's like nine sentences, but it's one. Um, okay, so if someone wants to uh, say, "Hey, I I Liz am saying to this agency that they can divulge my identity." for the purpose of the ethics commission business. Then they could do that if the, if they want to. And if they, meaning if I wanted to, like if I was, because yeah. I'm the complainant. Okay. Right. Okay, Vice Chair Ng. Yeah, uh, I don't have any questions on what just been discussed, but uh, I just have a couple comments. I did not get to submit. That's all. So, so you you have a couple of um, changes that you want to make? Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that I I I I didn't you know I didn't submit it, but I just wanted to uh, point that out. Okay. Well, before we get to those, Commissioner Velasquez, did you want to talk about the same point as Commissioner Gomez? Should yes, that point. Yeah. Yes, I'm still stuck on A as well. Um, so before uh, Commissioner Gomez asked her uh, uh, their question, I read this some for some reason as if a if an employee of a local, state, or federal agency um, was filing a complaint. Uh, that make that that employee that federal agency employee their employment status could be could be confirmed. I'm very I'm, I'm sorry I'm confused by this. Okay, so I get the state auditor. I guess if they're collecting data, um, not in regards to the investigation, but they're collecting data for auditing purposes. Um, what other reason? And is there are there investigations where it it makes a difference to know if the complainant is an actual employee or not? Um, does that change the investigation? Uh, for I have many questions. For one, um, uh, two, maybe we can. can uh, is this is a federal agency complaining on a city of Sacramento? 
employee or is this, I'm confused. Yeah, what, where are you seeing the federal agency? Is this, oh, I'm sorry, what, are we on 3A? Yeah. Yeah. It's as if an anonymous complaint is filed with the city clerk through a oh, referral. I see. Yeah. yeah. Local, state, or federal agency. Yeah, I didn't. You're right. So, lo yes, local, I imagine, is, you know, part of, uh, or jurisdiction, right? Local Sacramento state. Um, I'm assuming they're talking about um, just a, a, a somebody within California that's complaining about an employee for the city of Sacramento. And is, am I reading this right? And, or someone that works for federal? I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm very confused. Yeah, maybe the city attorney can speak to this too. Because I was, you know, I don't know if we get complaints from state or federal agencies, but maybe we do. I'll chime in that I just read this as, you know, sometimes people are just trying to make a complaint, so they may not make a complaint to the, the, the most accurate body. So this is if we're receiving any complaints from one of the local, state, or federal agencies. If it comes in that way, not necessarily that they are making the complaint, like those agencies are making the complaint or they're making a complaint about someone within their departments, but more of if they receive the complaint, but the complaint is more appropriate for us, then they refer the complaint to us rather than them trying to take on the process of adjudicating it. So that in, so in that, in that aspect, I can see where that just that part that you said that makes sense. So it's sort of redirected. Um, but what does that have to do with confirming an employee's employment? Like, how, how would we? So, so let's say someone complains about a federal employee. And then they, the federal agency decide, figures out, oh, no, this isn't a federal employee. This, they work for the city of Sacramento. So that gets, they find out the city clerk's information. And then the city clerk has to find out if that employee actually does work for the city. Is that what it's trying to say? Part of it was how we had it before, whenever we would not accept anonymous, we had that it could be anonymous if it was tied to employment, but because we're taking it out and I'm not sure, I'll, I guess propose this is something new. It doesn't make a difference now from my understanding. That doesn't need, would it be better to just remove that so that the employment status is not caught up because it is tied into something that is now changed. Um, so that would read, uh, that it would authorize referring agency to um, confirm the reasons for requesting anonymity. Um, so basically take out the complaints uh, employment status as well as the words for other. Um, so it, it, it makes that more clear. Effectively, it'll provide us with the ability or provide the city clerk with the ability to request um, that they confirm the reasons why that the person may be requesting anonymity. And, and as, as I said before, um, initially the only reason that they could file anonymously is if it was a result of their employment and that they were filing a complaint against their supervisor. So therefore, you know, their employment could be in jeopardy for doing that. So that was the, the reason for anonymity before. That was the only reason that was in 
here before and now we're adding that they could have another they could have other reasons well we right. it, well, as, it, i'm sorry i mean as commissioner adam says if we're just saying that they have to give us a reason and it but we're not specifying what the reason needs to be we could take out the language about uh complainant deployment status i mean that still would be one reason but we don't have to specify that reason if we don't want to if, if that's yeah. confusing it, yeah it is confusing but the other thing is i i i, I just want to make sure that um the other concern is that to me the complaint it doesn't need a substantial reason if they decide to complain and um they just want their um their privacy uh their uh keep it confidential so it's not public um that i feel that that's up to them um i think it could be problematic these these words here to me um could could send the wrong message that their identity could be i mean yes they still have to um authorize the release of of their name but um that they'd have to have a reason and i don't think that that they need to have a, a reason that we find legitimate i think if they want to keep their name private that's that's up to them we can ask if some for some reason it gets complicated or they were to help the investigation but um or even when we respond to the complaint and saying okay we received your complaint we'll be looking into it um, please know that if you identify um, yourself, it may help the investigation, that sort of thing. But I, I am concerned that we were kind of um, implicating that they would need to have a legitimate reason. Okay, Commissioner Gomez, I see that your hand is up, but maybe the city attorney, um, do you, do you want to, Mr. Lindsay, do you want to weigh in first? Yes, I could. Thank you, Chair Underwood. I think um, we're at a point where there needs to be essentially a policy call. And I think um, uh, Commissioner Velasquez was alluding to it. And that has to do with whether or not it would be the will of the commission to just have um, anonymity available to any, to anyone under any circumstances, in which case um, subparagraph A could just be deleted altogether, or if there would be still remaining any situations in which the commission would not want anonymity. Does that make sense? In which case, um, uh, subparagraph A would be need to be um, um, crafted for that situation. Okay, thank you. That that helps, um, Commissioner Gomez. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Can oh. we, uh, that we maybe just take out three A, assuming that we're on the same page about. Um, having anonymity available to everybody because it doesn't make sense anymore. Commissioner Adams. I am all for doing that. I have, you know, just sort of in my mind, I play devil's advocate a lot. So um, one thing that just thinking back that we had a complaint that came in anonymous, but as part of the investigation and the materials that were required to be disclosed for our consideration, it did include the email address of the 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 anonymous party. Um, so it was anonymous, but also not fully anonymous, but we need to have something articulated in a much better fashion um, that would allow in situations like that for 
um, and also it, it, for the sake of transparency that would allow the redacting of, of um, anything that could be used to identify the person, whether it you know would be a case like what we've seen where it's the email address. Because I also, you know, just with redacting information, you know, particularly when doing an investigation, it, it could cause questions from from the public as to what is being hidden by that redacted information. Um, so just something if we had policies that uh, just could say, you know, if it's much better than what I'm about to say right now, but basically if something comes in anonymous that uh, the any identifying information will be redacted in records going before the public. Okay, I'll, I think we also need to say something about how it's more difficult, and I don't know if that goes in this document. I, we, obviously, we, we may need to revise this some more. Um, it's a lot more difficult to investigate anonymous charges because you can't go back and ask the person or group, you know, what did you mean by this? I mean, we had this, the one with the group from East Sacramento um, who didn't want to let us know who they were. And um, I mean, I, I think it can be in the, to the complainant's benefit to be able to provide input to the evaluator beyond the initial complaint if it goes to this stage of being an investigation. It I would like to figure out a way to convey that information so that a complainant who files anonymously recognizes that that may impede the ability to fully evaluate the, you know, the potential violation. Commissioner Velasquez, you're muted. So in, sorry. So in the future, when we, um, or the near future, when we decide to get the language down, um, what I was saying is that we can, um, when we send a response acknowledging, if that's what we do, uh, to the complaint that, um, and they are um, filing anonymously, we can put a little disclaimer in there that, you know, just so you know, uh, the it may or may not um, uh challenge the investigation and you know that sort of thing as, as to what you were saying we can do that um the other thing is we can also i i feel that we can if it does help maybe we can limit the identification of the person to the city clerk and or the investigator yeah i mean the comment you made about when we respond to them we can say this but in fact, if they're anonymous, we can't respond to them because we don't know how to reach them. That's true. Yeah. We, could, we couldn't even tell them, by the way, yeah. you know, you might help your case by right. revealing who you are. Mr. Lindsay. Yes, to the points of both yourself, uh, Chair Underwood and Commissioner Velasquez, may, that might be a situation instead where as far as the, at least the the form for the ethics commission, the online form. I can't speak to, for instance, complaints that might come in through the city auditor, but maybe the form itself can be changed to have a disclaimer in that regard. For instance, that if someone is going to choose to be anonymous, that it may um, hinder the ability for follow-up questions and so on by an independent evaluator 
if the independent it gets so far as to involve an independent evaluator writing the complaint. Well, that's a great suggestion. Thank you. All right. Anybody else? It seems like at this point we I mean we're not ready to approve this because <laughs> it needs some more work. So I'm not sure how we should proceed. Um, Madam Clerk, do, do you want to um, have people submit further suggestions to you? So Chair, it does, seem, it does seem that I, I am understanding the intent that I'm hearing from commissioners that you do would like to have um, anonymous complaints received for any reason um, and that we need to update our form to confirm that anonymous is acceptable. A disclaimer stating that it may hinder the investigation. Um, I heard that, you know, making sure that there's no double periods and there's capitals. Um, are there other t um, points of clarification that you wanted to make in editing the document? I'm not sure if it's the best interest of your time to go step by step, but really um, I think those procedural, the policy discussions, um, if there are any other policy changes you wanted to make, and then I can consult with our city attorney and come back with um, a, a document that has you know, no red lines, um, and then you can, you can talk about that. Are there any other talking points or changes in policy? Okay, well, I see Mr. Lindsay has his hand up, and so do Commissioners Velasquez and Adams. So, um, Mr. Lindsay, maybe we should take your point first. Uh, thank you, Chair Underwood. I was just going to say, um, concurring with everything that um, uh, the city clerk has said, has said, except one thing as to anonymity, we've heard um, some commissioners speak. I just wanted to make sure if there were any, if it truly were the, um, if it truly is the will of the commission to have anonymity as a general um, proposition, or if there, there were any commission members who um, would take umbrage with that. So, so that moving forward, we know, for instance, whether or not to just simply delete um, uh, subparagraph A, so it won't even be there, and the numbering, the lettering and numbering will simply change, and the one under it will move up and that won't be an issue moving forward when we come back to you, or there should be some crafting going on because um, there's enough of a uh, um, feeling amongst enough of the commissioners to have some um, situations where there would be anonymity and others where there would not be. Okay. Um, I'm not sure which of you had your hand up first. Uh, Commissioner Velasquez. Unmute. So the only thing, um, the city clerk, Mindy, um, the only thing I might want to add or discuss amongst all of us is if someone were to, um, someone does complain anonymously, let's say via email. Well, now you have the email address. If it's a letter, that may be a little different. Um, but that if, they, if the investigator found that there, it was, there was nothing substantial that this, the complainant, I don't want to say couldn't come back and with finally like, okay, well now here, here I am, 
I didn't like how that investigation went and then they want to reopen it. Um, I would like to talk about at some point or unless you can craft something that, I don't, again, I don't want to limit the person, but I also don't want to encourage, okay, I don't want to give my name, but now I don't like the, how the investigation went. Now here's my name and more information. Maybe there's something we can do about that. And I'm welcoming your input, everyone's input. All right, Commissioner Adams. I had something similar, I, not to that extent, but it definitely had my mind um, going. So I, I, I will say what I was thinking of similar may speak to that. Um, if, and I was just thinking through, if we're going to put something in the form itself saying we, you know, you can be anonymous, but we would like to follow up with you to help the investigation. I know you all uh, had more um, eloquent ways of phrasing that, but if we have something like that, how we can sort of address that, yes, you know, you may disclose who you are to help the investigation, but we're still going to keep it, um, you know, we're still not going to release that. If it could be something we can put under confidential materials in that definition um, that says any information, identifying information, um, from an anonymous complainant to help um, with the investigation will be considered confidential material. That way it's not released to the, the public in any way. Um, so just putting that out there, but I concur with everything that um, uh, that Commissioner Velasquez mentioned. That is a very um, interesting point of, of, of conversation. I guess I would like to see maybe not a requirement, but an opportunity for somebody who's filing anonymously to say why they're filing anonymously. But um, I mean, maybe that opens a whole new can of worms, but um, maybe, maybe that would be helpful to the investigation. These, you know, obviously if it's an employee um, complaining about their boss, that's clear, but um, otherwise it would, I personally, and maybe the rest of you don't agree, would like to have that as an option where the person could explain why they wanted to file anonymously. So that's my two cents. Commissioner Ng? Yes, um, you know, it, my feel is if we are not going to like uh, approve it today, and I think I'm having trouble hearing you. Oh. oh, okay. If we are not going to have, you know, to approve this procedures today, and, uh, you know, I'm really, I'm suggesting because, you know, Commissioner Velasquez had a good point, and Commissioner Adams also had that maybe you guys can, you know, maybe come up with some language. But I think it's important to have some, you know, some kind of uh, you know, disclaimer to say that, well, you know, I mean, once you're anonymous means you cannot come back to, to, to put your name down or retrial because you don't like it, you know. And also, um, most of the government employees or, or, yeah, or the yeah, government employees and they all cover under the whistleblowers protection. So, you know, I mean, think of all those things if they, if, uh, if they file a complaint about the employer and the employee come back and something retaliate or something under protection. 
under that. So do we have to be, you know, so specific in the policy? Because I know once when you put it in the policy, it's hard to change. So can we compromise to that point? Okay, I'm, I'm not sure what your bottom line was on that. No, and my suggestion is for the two commissioners who raised those questions, you know, maybe compromise and come together and, and put up some languages that compromise that, that to everybody's agreement to like it. Yeah, yeah maybe. Revise, revise that 3A. They will just put it in simple Revise it 3A that everybody would agree. Commissioner Gomez. Um, so I don't think we should require them to tell us why they want to be anonymous. Because yeah. I, uh, I think that the um, you can be anonymous and like if I were to submit an anonymous plan, complaint, I'd probably make like a random Gmail address, kind of like the East Sacramento folks. I don't know if that was random or not, but I, that's what I would do. Um, and so that way that you have the opportunity to correspond, but you don't have to indicate exactly who you are, which, which does allow you to follow up with, um, the ethics commission, but you're still anonymous. So it, I don't think it's either, or like you can be anonymous and still follow up. Um, but I, I don't think we should ask people why, cause they could have a, a million different reasons why. And one of the values that I know we have put out there in the past is an attempt to reduce barriers in, in accessing the ethics complaint process. And in itself, it's just a complicated process. It's hard to even find, <laughs> like as an ethics commissioner, I one thing I'll talk a little bit about later is like the links on things, some things are broke. Like it's hard to even find different things on accessing it. So we don't wanna create any additional barriers where people are second guessing whether or not they should move forward with doing this, um, so. Yeah. I, I was not for an instance saying that we should require them to say why they're being anonymous, but I think in some cases they might want to say why. Well, I think something we could consider is like a little comment section at the bottom saying, is there anything else you want to share with us? And that gives people the opportunity to share whatever it is that they want to share about both their experience submitting a complaint as well as, hey, just want you to know, like, I'm really nervous about this process. I'm going to be anonymous, da 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 da, da but not necessarily targeting in on, um, you know, tell us why. Mm -hmm. mm. I like your suggestion of a um, just creating mm. a special email address and thereby keeping an anonymity, but being able to answer questions potentially. I don't know if that's something that we want to put in our procedures or not, probably not, but people- Well, I, I just meant that a complainant might make an email. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, and that a complainant could preserve their anonymity and yet still be available to answer questions if they did that. But I don't know that we necessarily want to suggest that to them. Commissioner Adams. I agree with everything that uh, Commissioner Gomez just mentioned. I did want to raise that we on the form there is an additional information section, so I would see that as a place where somebody would naturally um, put something if they wanted to share the reason why they are um, submitting anonymously. Um, with regards to, I, I would say, and also in, in not putting up barriers, I, I think if we 
try to, even if it's in our best intention to provide mechanisms for people to engage in the um, investigation while main, uh, maintaining their anonymity, I think if we start providing examples, it will seem prescriptive. So I would want to move away from that to, again, just reduce the barriers. Okay, so at this point, um, Madam Clerk, are you, do you feel like you have enough direction to prepare a new draft or do you want people to submit things to you or what? Um, Chair, Chair, I'm comfortable that I do have enough feedback from the commission to provide um, to another update. Um, I would like, as our city attorney asked, um, if we, you wouldn't mind taking just a straw vote um, to confirm that anonymous complaints are the is the direction of the commission. If I can get okay, thank you. That's a good idea. Thank you. I, I believe I have the direction I need. Okay. So did did you want to ask us individually, or do you feel like we've all just nodded our heads and that's good enough? I I do believe do believe I have confirmation that anonymous complaints is the direction that the commission would like to go. And I believe the city okay. attorney and I can draft language to accommodate that. Okay, great. So do we need to ask for public comment on this? Yes, we do. And I have one hand raised. Are you ready yes. for public comment? Yes. Thank you. The first is Nick H. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me? We can. Yes. Yeah. Great. Hi, this is Nicholas Heidorn. Uh, I thought this was a great discussion, and I think you guys are going in the right direction uh, with anonymous submissions. I wanted to elevate just a few things that came up at the last meeting in case uh, the body wanted to discuss this further. Um, one thing that I thought was a good uh, note provided by a prior complainant was that uh, it seems particularly if someone who's the subject of a complaint is given an opportunity to answer questions or give a presentation to the commission without public comment time limits. I think if someone is a complainant and identifies themselves as a complainant, so as opposed to an anonymous complainant, but someone who identifies themselves, I think, shouldn't be limited to just providing any comment to the commission in a two-minute public comment. So I apologize. I didn't see that in the rules, uh, if it was changed, but if not, I'd suggest looking at should there be some type of formal recognition that a complainant has a slightly elevated status over a general public comment or such that they should be given more time to present whatever it is to the commission that they feel is important. The second thing I don't really have a recommendation on whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, but uh, the same prior complainant in suggesting changes to your rules uh, felt that it would have been important for the investigator to contact him so that he could have directly spoken. This was, a, again, a non-anonymous complainant. So he could have spoken to his experience. The investigator felt that he had enough evidence that he didn't need to speak to the complainant. Um, I don't really have an opinion as to which is the right approach, but just wanted to elevate that in case the commission wanted to consider those two points that were brought uh, forward previously. Uh, thank you and uh, really enjoyed the discussion. Great, thank you. And we'd have one additional speaker, Barry Boyd. Thank you and good afternoon. I do have a um, comment in regards to whether submission as anonymous or not. Um, I'm in favor of both to submitting your 
one's complaint anonymously uh, in fear of retribution from the complaint uh, from, from those who you are complaining against. The downside to that, though, uh, with an anon anonymous submission is that it could be an out-of-department individual. It could be someone who's non-city related and just has an issue with a person at the city and um, actually have um, the person being accused of or uh, having the complaint lodged against has done absolutely nothing but and turn out to be a big waste of time and energy simply because someone has a dislike for um, a particular individual. Now, if the complaint comes through a city channel that you have to be a city employee to log on uh, a certain database, that's another issue. But with that, if, if, that isn't, uh, if that is the case, then their IP address, you know, would be submitted with, at the time of the uh, complaint. So it would be easy to see who is actually uh, lodging the complaint. So there goes the uh, anonymousness. But either or, uh, again, trying to find that, that balance of making sure the complainant is a city employee versus someone outside of that sphere. Thank you. So I have a question for you, if you're still there. Mr. Boyd? No. Yes, Chair, I'm still here. Oh. Um, I'm confused because the complainant does not have to be a city employee. And it sounds like you were saying that they did. So My apologies for not understanding that, because I thought it was for the complaint against a uh, individual, whether a coworker or supervisor in the realm of a city employee. I mean, the person, the person complained against needs to meet certain criteria in order for us to have jurisdiction. But the person doing the complaining doesn't have to have any particular status. Okay, well, thank you for that clarification, because that's what I thought the intent, um, I won't say intent, the um, authority of this commission, as you stated, was regulating the city employees as a complaint coming from a city employee. But as you just stated, a complaint could come out from outside of the city uh, employee. But thank you for that clarification. Okay, you're welcome. Yeah, and Chair, if I may, uh, Mindy Cuppy, City Clerk, I think Mr. Board was referring to our last procedure document, which if you are making a complaint against your supervisor, you could remain anonymous, but the direction that the commission just gave was that you want to allow anonymous complaints for any reason. Right. Okay, so that was the end of public comment. Madam Clerk, yes. there are no more. <clears throat> Yes, Chair, would you like oh. to make a motion to continue that item to the next meeting? Yes, I would like to make a motion to continue this item to the next meeting. Commissioner Underwood, I think two hands. I'm not sure if we're still able to discuss. Oh. Okay, I can't see people. Let me get... My screen is being weird, but... Commissioner Velasquez um, had 
her hand raised. Okay, can't I see her? Thank you, um, Commissioner Gomez. Can you hear me? Yes. So I uh, was taking notes. I just want to circle back. Um, uh, Nick H, his first input, um, I was trying to capture. Um, and I think it had to do with eminentity. So can we go? Does anybody have if there weren't public comment time limits, if you're a complainant. Um, and that would be if you weren't anonymous, if you were if you were appearing before the commission. We had somebody who appeared before the commission and we limited them to two minutes. Mm -hmm. And he was suggesting that if you're a complainant, you shouldn't be limited to two minutes. Um, so I will ask the city attorney okay. to weigh in, but if, the, if an anonymous complaint is filed, that anonymous complaint complainant would be treated as a member of the public. If the complainant is identified, they would be treated as a complainant. Um, and if you look at um, 5.4, I think J, talks about a complainant must be treated like any witness who provides evidence. So the I think the other part that... Um, that is correct. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That is correct. We wouldn't know the identity of the uh, person to treat them as a complainant if they're anonymous, if we don't know who they are. So we'd have to treat them as a member of the public. So I think there were two points um, that Nick had brought up and one point that Mr. Boyd had brought up. Will all three of those be on our next um, discussion? Because uh, there are some some inputs I had for some of those. Yeah, and I don't remember what Nick's other point was, I have to admit. The second point was it would have been important for the investigator to talk to the complainant, like making it sort of mandatory that the investigator talk to the person that submitted the complaint. Um, because that's not something that is currently required. And the investigator did not talk to the complainant because he didn't feel like he needed to in order to complete the investigation. Um, so, and I, I agree with Commissioner Velasquez, there's like those two comments I thought were good. Um, and I don't know if, since we haven't sort of like completed this section, if we still have opportunity to like discuss those two items, but I think that public comment time limits should not be enforced for a complainant that comes on. I don't know if that's something that we do informally or if it's in the procedures. Um, and then, uh, I, I don't know if I feel strongly enough about the investigator talking to the complainant, but I, it's ideally they do because it just, and the, and the minimum makes people feel heard and know that they are, what they're saying is, is being listened to, even if the investigator doesn't feel like they're going to be gaining like additional facts um, from that uh, experience. But I know that we also handle like the resources of the city that are um, not ever ending or not uh, yeah, just unlimited with in terms of the investigators time that's available. Okay, Commissioner Adams. Thank you, Commissioner Gomez for, for reminding us of what you said. Commissioner I, Adams. I will say it's, it's, 
And just thinking of the complainant, I, I would say I too don't feel strongly necessarily that we need to um, amend the procedures to explicitly say whether the independent evaluator will follow up with each complainant who is identified or not. Um, I, I will, for, you know, from my understanding of the process, the independent evaluator gets to make that, you know, choice based on what evidence he has. Um, but also as part of the, um, the hearing process, if there's something where we feel, you know, hearing from, um, from the complainants during the hearing is also reviewing the information that the independent evaluator um, has, has provided to us. Um, we, the commission could also just say, we want to hear more from it. So have to, to order that follow-up. So I, I, I don't know whether it's something that we should explicitly put in there because it seems to be something that, you know, there's both the discretion of the independent evaluator as well as discretion of the commission to order that if we feel that the, we have not heard, you know, enough from the complainant um, to be able to provide a, a final decision. So just putting my two in there. I'm happy to have the conversation, but at the same time, I don't necessarily feel that um, there's strong enough reason right now to, to make a decision on that. Well, I, I do feel strong. I don't know about mm -hmm. Commissioner Velasquez has her hand up just if you don't see it. I know that, but I wanted to say something as chair. I think I get to jump in um, and respond to Commissioner Adams, which is that I think the, the two minute limit thing is a problem and we did have a complainant and we limited him to two minutes and i think that was a mistake and, and i so will oh sorry i will apologize i was not speaking to that portion of, of the comment i was speaking to the second part which was the during the evaluation process um having the follow-up with the complainant um I, I i would say i did not speak on the two minute just because i have not yet you know thought through what i, I would comment on that okay all right, now Commissioner Velasquez. So I know that we're gonna continue these discussions another time, but just in, in, the, in the case that uh, Mr. H and Mr. Boyd are still uh, with us, um, as someone that um, looks at grievances seven hours a day, um, there are, the only time I conduct clarifying interviews um, with, uh, uh, with the complainants is when I'm missing critical pieces of information to process uh, the complaint. So, um, you know, information like uh, if it's very vague, I'm being mistreated. And that's all it says. Well, I don't know who's mistreating you. I don't know where or what location you're at. Um, so only when it prohibits a, um, the, a successful um, as far as having all of those components. So um, I know I've mentioned this before that it's not mandatory to conduct an interview um, with the complainant um, because if all of that information is there, it, it's just not necessary. Um, unless there's additional information that wasn't provided. Um, the other is Mr. Boyd made a, um, a comment about and I believe this is when he thought that, or or they thought that the complaints were from employee on employee, um, that you could have it, uh, times where it's a waste of um, resources when an employee's uh, complaining on another employee just for retaliation, just to stir the pot. 
Um, unfortunately, when it comes to investigations, again, as someone that looks at grievances all day long, a, a percentage, a very large percentage is going to be um, legit complaints and accusations and misconduct, but there's also a large percentage that are bogus. And that's unfortunately just the nature of investigations. That's it. Commissioner Gomez. Yeah, and sorry, didn't mean to overtake your chair status. Just know that you can't see the hands sometimes on your on your computer phone. Um, so yeah, I it seems like the second point from uh, from Mr. H, folks are not feeling like uh, strong enough about, which is the the investigator talks to the like is required to talk to the person. But the first point around uh, like public comment time limits not uh, not applying to a complainant. Are folks comfortable with that being an additional like recommendation from our discussion to be added into the procedures? I would like to see it added into the procedures. I'm, I'm okay with having a discussion about it, yeah. Having a discussion or kind of providing direction to Mindy to modify the procedures because she's going to be modifying the okay. procedures to come with a final version of it to us at the next meeting. So the only hope thing, it'll be final. Oh, yeah. a draft final. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the only, mm -hmm. the only thing that I would um, want to add to that is that there's some kind of barriers. Um, it's going back to looking at grievances and conducting clarifying interviews that I have to control um, because of the type of um, audience that I work with. Um, I have to limit and control the conversation um, because it can go from answering questions to venting and then, you know, something that's supposed to take five minutes takes a half hour. Um, so the only thing I want to add is maybe having some kind of parameters, maybe not based on, on limit uh, or time limit, maybe um, a who, what, when, where, why sort of thing. I don't know how that would how that would be implemented, but maybe having some kind of guide. Hmm. Commissioner Ng. Yeah. So in this case, you know, I thought the the, the, the forms, the complaint forms, uh, pretty sophisticated. Maybe we can just uh, all take a look at that, and it's very specific. And I understand. Commissioner, uh, you know, the last, uh, the last was, you know, what you said, that our audience is, is, is very specific, you know, is, um, and only those under our jurisdictions are uh, like the commissioner uh, and the um, elected appointed official. So um, we can, you know, I would... I would suggest that we all take a look at it. And I know that's a lot of discussion. And so, um, you know, so maybe we can just each take a look at, you know, what, what's, what's in place already. And otherwise it keeps standing out, you know, more and more, you know, more questions or more more things to look at. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of information, I agree. So, Okay, Commissioner Gomez. Um, yeah, so just building off of, um, I think Commissioner Velasquez's point, I have like public comment time limits do not apply if you are a complainant with the understanding that complainant comments are focused around complaint at hand. 
chair discretion on amount of time provided uh, or chair, there is chair discretion on the amount of time that will be provided. Um, so just some draft uh, potential edits that could encompass what we're looking for. That sounds good to me. Okay, um, anything else? Because we need to, I guess we need a motion that this is gonna go back to the city clerk and she will, oh, Commissioner Adams. Um, I, I will say I agree and that we should have language and just, you know, hearing this conversation and, you know, we've, you know, had a conversation, the public comment and then another conversation would highlight it, um, you know, different concerns. And one thing that I was thinking is if we can put a directive of some sort into the procedures that um, requires the commission to review the, these procedures annually or biannually so that we're staying abreast of all the different changes that may come up as we are undertaking more, more hearings um, so we can continuously improve the process but also um, be sort of mindful of not going too long without going back and making sure everything is running as we intended that's a great suggestion we may find as soon as we do a hearing another hearing that will will have some changes to make but certainly annually or biannually is a great idea all right anything else on this topic. Commissioner Ng. Um, so, uh, Chair, if, uh, if the discussion on this particular subject is over, and i just like to make a, a you know, need clarification on one of the paragraphs, on one of the sections. Okay, but I need you to talk louder, because I'm really, or get Maybe closer. Maybe because my, 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 uh, what you call it, <laughs> you know, speakers just not working right. So my apology. Is it better? I'll go. That's better. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go closer. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm fine with this, but when this is over, I like to, um, you know, I like clarification on one of the sections. That's why. That's it. Okay. Well, we should probably talk about that now. Okay. So um, everybody's okay, but I just like verification on one of the sections. Now on my, on my page is page nine that is actually under five, complaint, <laughs> complaint five, five E. Okay, complaints five. Uh, e3. I'm not finding it. What What's the page? Uh, page number? nine. Is it page nine or page seven on Where it says, does it say nine of 15 at the bottom of the page? Nine of 21. Maybe this is, you know. I may be using the old one. And the one I'm looking at has 15 pages. Okay, under complaints, which is the page number five. And then you turn a couple page over to B, which is days after a complaint is filed. 
B, okay, B. Okay. And then go down to B, uh, three. Uh huh. B. The recipient is a commissioner. You all see it? Are you on dismiss the complaint for lack of jurisdiction? Is that where yes, you're? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay. So I do have a question on the 3B. Okay, the last one. An E? D, as in dog. Oh, D. Yeah. The respondent is a commissioner. So I'm, I'm, I'm just saying if the, you know, um, I know all the boards and commissions are under our jurisdiction, but is, does this mean that the commissioner doesn't mean any one of us? Now, the ethics commissioner is different. I mean, we are here. So, so I just want a clarification. You know, should we be more specific or, or the responding as the commissioner is good enough? Whether that means specifically an ethics commissioner. Right. Or, or any commissioner, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Commissioner Gomez. Separate comment, so I'll let. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe we need the city attorney for this yeah. or the city clerk. I would assume it means an ethics commissioner, but I don't know for sure. It does, if we, it goes back to the definition. This is Gary Lindsay's city attorney, uh, general counsel for the commission. It, uh, it's using commissioner as defined uh, further up in section Roman numeral one definitions, where the uh, commissioner means a member of the commission and the commission itself means the Sacramento Ethics Commission. Okay. Okay. Okay, so it is is that clear enough now, Commissioner Ng? Yes. Okay, great. Yep. All right, Commissioner Ng. Thanks. Thank you. Another point. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so she, uh, Commissioner Ng, brought my attention to something I had a note on, which is at the bottom of page seven of fifteen. Uh, section three: dismiss, dismiss the complaint for lack of jurisdiction and notify the complainant of the dismissal. Um, and so something I don't see on here is just like, are, is it also practice to let the complainant know if it is out of our jurisdiction to refer them to uh, where they can go next? Because I know on the follow-up log, we we're developing or the ethics, Mindy, I think your team was developing like a resource guide of other places to provide, even if it's just providing them the resource guide that's developed. Um, so I know that that's on the follow-up log and hasn't been completed. So maybe it's not possible to add in here. Maybe just something to note for a future version to Commissioner Adams' point of revising this on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, but I figured that if I submitted a complaint to the Ethics Commission and I needed to go somewhere else, I would want to know that. Well, on the, on the complaint log, the ones that are dismissed for jurisdiction, many of them say that they've been referred to some other agency. So... So should that be in here as well as to dismiss the complaint for lack of jurisdiction and refer to relevant agency if, if possible?
Because um, I know, uh, oh my gosh, how do, you, how do you say it? Madam, okay, I know Madam Cuppy is uh, fantastic and comprehensive at her job, but there could be a future person managing this and want to make sure that we provide like really quality customer service to folks that are submitting complaints and referring them to the appropriate places. Yeah, and, and if, if I may, it is our practice to refer if that agency is known um, or if we assume that there might be one or two agencies they may refer to, if that's something that's known to us, we are referring. You know, our standard so language would okay be- with adding that in there, just saying referring to appropriate agency if possible. I saw one head nod, but. Okay, well, so Mindy needs to add that in if, if that's our sense, which I think not people are nodding heads. So we do want that added in. So I will add to section 5B3, um, a complaint outside the commission's jurisdiction um, and refer to the relevant agency if known. Sounds good. Well, to the first sentence, Correct. dismiss the complaint for lack of jurisdiction and notify the complainant if identified of the dismissal. And then it would be at the end of that sentence and um, refer them to another agency if appropriate or if applicable. Applicable is better than appropriate, I think. Okay, anything else on this, on the procedures? Should we have a motion? Do we need a motion to send this back to the city clerk and have her bring us a new version at the next meeting? Yes, if, if you don't. If so. Go ahead, Commissioner. I'm sorry, I, I got ahead of myself. I was just saying, if so, um, I'll first, first, yes. <laughs> I believe that was a motion by Commissioner Velasquez to continue the item and have the city clerk come back with further edits as discussed this afternoon. Second the motion, Liz Gomez. Thank you. Commissioner Adams. Yes. Commissioner Gomez? Yes. Commissioner Velasquez? Yes. Vice Chair Ng? Yes. And Chair Underwood? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Now, moving on to item five, which is Sacramento Ethics Commission lobbyist registration and reporting code ad hoc committee update. So is there a presentation from the committee? Yes, a verbal presentation. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep, uh, Commissioner Ng, you want me to quote the summary that we discussed over email? And then yeah, you wanna add on? Okay, yeah. um, so we met with the um, ad hoc committee um, and had a great meeting. Uh, we discussed five major areas, lobbyist re lobbying registration thresholds, which is the threshold whereby a lobbyist is required to register as a lobbyist. Item one, 
Item two, lobbying reports, reviewing what is required to be reported by lobbyists at the city of Sacramento. Item three, accessible data, um, which is making it accessible to get uh, information about lobbyists. Um, item four, lobbying prohibitions. And item five, clarity on the scope of the commission, which is to be inclusive of enforcement against lobbyists and lobbying firms. Um, our plan is to bring a modified letter of what the League of Women Voters had already provided to us to the Ethics Commission uh, to consider endorsement and send to the City Council. Um, and the two areas I just want to note around accessible data, Mindy indicated that the city is already working on making the data more accessible through the campaign finance website, which is really great. Um, and then clarity on the scope of commission. Uh, Mindy, I may need you to help me here, but uh, right now the scope of our commission is not inclusive of enforcement against lobbyists and lobbying firms. And Mindy, you indicated that this would need to be brought up at a future meeting um, because it's not on the agenda or because it's in the enacting ordinance and I'm not entirely sure what that means. Correct, so the commission can hear complaints against um, commissioners, city council members and charter officers or officers that report directly to the city council. So a lobbyist or a lobbyist firm would not be underneath the purview of the commission to hear a complaint against them. Okay, but so are we just making a recommendation to the city council? Because we don't have the power to do anything, I don't think. You mean to change our scope of commission? To change the lobbying ordinance, to change the code. Right. So um, there's two separate things we're talking about here, which is one, yes, making a recommendation to the city council to change the lobbying ordinance. So that's area one. But as we were discussing the lobbying ordinance, what came up was that the scope of our ethics commission does not include enforcement against lobbyists and lobbying firms, which uh, to the League of Women Voters uh, is a error or a mistake um, in that our scope should include enforcement against lobbyists and lobbying firms. And that's not consistent with what other ethics commissions are able to do and what um, was initially the intent of the Sacramento City Ethics Commission. And so that's something that's sort of separate from, but could also be included in the recommendations to the city council. Yeah, um, do, did you talk about whether we would have the power to expand our scope of jurisdiction. It seems to me that would probably have to be done by the city council too. But I could be wrong. Mindy. That's correct. You would need to make a recommendation to the city council and they would need to change the ordinance. Yeah, we just, we, you know, so far we're just doing initial steps. So, um, you know, we, we, we can add that, you know, consideration too. Okay. okay. Um, that's super helpful, Mindy. And um, I think that uh, broadly we'll come back with more information where you can review it in detail. Um, and we have another meeting of the ad hoc group in a week or so um, to kind of like discuss the final uh, letter that'll come to the Ethics Commission. And so Mindy, to that end, um, 
we want to bring it back here. Are there any timelines that we should have in consideration with bringing it back to this group? We typically ask that at least 14 days prior to a meeting, any documents are submitted so that I can route staff reports to the appropriate attorneys. Okay, our next uh, ad hoc is July 11th. Um, and so that would probably mean something and we'd be coming back, I guess, if we have a meeting in August. I, I, do we, I don't think we have a meeting in July, do we? No, sorry, our ad hoc group has a meeting. No, no, no but I'm asking Mindy, because I do not have a July meeting on my calendar. So that, I'm That's accurate, your next meeting is August 22nd. So that actually, Commissioner um, Gomez, so that actually gives us more, more time mm -hmm. to yeah. look in it, to review and work on it. So, so uh, I think that we'll be able to bring back something, you know, by the August meeting. Yeah. Yep. I think so too. Okay. Commissioner Ng, is there anything that I missed in terms of what we discussed or what we want to cover? Uh, no. No, you feel very real well that, uh, you know, I got to tell you from my personal experience after meeting with the ad hoc group and, um, you know, I, I really get a chance to look into other people's, uh, you know, that, that municipal poll and that's really, that's a vast difference. So it's really, you know, just kind of a eye opener <laughs> for me, let's say. So, and I look forward to working with Okay, so is that the end of your report? It is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Madam Clerk, are okay. there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Yes, Chair, I have one hand raised from Nick H. Okay. Hi, Commissioners, Nicholas Heidorn again. I just wanted to say thank you to the Ethics Commission for looking at this issue and particularly to the Ad Hoc Committee and Commissioners Gomez and Ng for looking at this. The lobbying ordinance hasn't been examined in decades, so I think it's a very timely topic. Mm -hmm. I think it's one where there's a lot of room for improvement. So really appreciate the work of the Ad Hoc and, and look forward to continuing to work with you on it. On the last point that came up, the jurisdiction of the Ethics Commission, I can say that when we were, the League and Common Cause were working on this, uh, we certainly intended the Commission to have the ability to enforce penalties against uh, lobbyists. And so this was really just in the neighbor, uh, in the nature of a typo, unfortunately, that it's not there. I think uh, the, the logical recommendation would just be to ask the Council to amend the ordinance to make clear that lobbyists and lobbying firms can be covered. It's hypothetically an interesting legal question whether they're covered already because although the jurisdiction does not list lobbyists and lobbyist employers if you look at your kind of enforcement section it does directly say that you quote investigate and consider complaints alleging violations of the lobbyist registration reporting code and then that you have the ability to do administrative penalties as to a bunch of the different codes that you administer which includes the lobbying code and since the only people who have obligations under the lobbying code is lobbyists, uh, it would be a little absurd for you to be able to do investigations and 
impose fines on absolutely nobody since there's nobody else that you could administer against. So I think it was a typo, uh, and hopefully uh, this is just something that can be wrapped up in some type of council cleanup. And thank you again for looking at the, the substantive nature as well of the lobbying ordinance. Thanks. Okay, great. Any other public comment? I have no other hands raised to make comments on this item. Now, every time we go to public comment, then I can't, I have trouble getting um, gallery view back. I, so I can't, there we go. Um, does anybody, do any commissioners have anything to say on this? No. Okay, um, and this is not anything that requires a vote. So we'll move on to the next item, which is um, commission comments, ideas and questions, which I have some, but does anybody else? Commissioner Gomez. Um. When I'm trying to, when I try to get to the ethics commission page, um, I have used different browsers and there's a broken link. It's, I, I, there's no chat function on here, so I can't put it in the chat. I can send it to you, Mindy, um, but it's like saying that the page is broken for trying to get to the Sacramento ethics commission through the clerk, lunch bodies, boards and commissions, ethics commission. Um, so just wanna make sure that you're aware of that. Thank you, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, I'll email it now. Um, and then, I, and the reason I was trying to do that is because I was trying to see if there are notes for our meetings that are available if someone's taking notes or if or if, if we want to look back at something, we have to rewatch the video. Yeah, so we do take action minutes. So the minutes that are associated with each meeting um, are action minutes. So you would need to watch the video if you wanted to hear what was spoken. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Well. Oh. Yes. But I I felt like I made two comments. So I'll like go to you, and then you can come back because. No, that's okay. If you have another thing. Okay. Um. Just one last thing is that um, uh, we don't we have had a couple people call into the meeting, which is great. Um, I think we had discussed this one time before, but I just want us to be um, open to if somebody talks beyond two minutes, like being comfortable with going into three minutes for a public commenter. I don't know if y'all have ever prepared a two minute comment, it's very stressful. <laughs> uh, and uh, I just wanna, even if it's an informal practice of like letting folks go into three minutes Well, we could discuss that. And of course, you can always ask a question to a commenter and then they can keep talking and answer to your question after their two minutes is up. But should we put that on a future agenda to talk about whether we want to increase the two minute time limit? I believe that's subject to the chair's discretion. That's in correct. one of our proceedings. 
That's correct. That's covered in the city council rules of procedure. So oh. the typical, the two minutes is the typical time, but it's the chair's prerogative to increase or decrease that time limit as long as it's consistently applied. Oh. Good to know. Um, okay, Commissioner Velasquez. So uh, one, yes, I, I wouldn't mind if the chair um, decided to let someone talk about among, uh, up to to three minutes or more if, if time permitted. Like today, we didn't have a lot of, on the agenda. Um, but the other thing I just wanted to try to allow for is when we had Mr. H and Mr. Boyd, um, uh, when they had public comments, we went one right after the other. And I was trying to take notes, but we went so fast that I not only could I not make notes, but I couldn't then ask after each comment or each person um, what I would like to clarify with them. So if we can just allow between each person for there to be any clarifying questions or, co or comment from the commissioners. Good point. Okay, Commissioner Adams. Uh, completely separate, um, but just realizing it's set in that we're not having a July meeting, so we're, com we're coming back in August. I'm curious if there are updates about um, the possibility to join these um, remotely or come J July 1st, we're all going to come back in, in person. I know that some of the commissioners noted um, potential inconveniences if we, uh, if all the commissioners are required to appear in person. So just curious, um, Madam Cuppy, if you um, have any updates on that front. Thank you, I'd be happy to speak to that. So the plan right now, and this is pending council direction, is for council to come back to in-person meetings in August, and then commissions will follow with in-person meetings in September um, or that fall. Um, and at this time, we will not be able to offer remote for commissioners. The Brown Act will, um, the old Brown Act will go back into place um, because there will not be a state of an emergency. And so, uh, although the Brown Act does allow for remote participation in certain circumstances, that's not something that staff will be able to take on. As you know, the Brown Act states that you have to, you would have to post an agenda at your remote location. You would have to allow members of the public um, to participate at that remote accessible location and so forth. And that's just not something we can offer for commissions at this time. There is legislation pending that we're watching um, that could change that, um, but at this time, you know, Brown Act goes back into play. Thank you. Okay, so I have two items probably just to be put on the agenda for the next meeting. Um, the first one is the city council, the fact that the city council has an item on their agenda about prohibiting ad hoc committees of boards and commissions. And we heard about this at last month's meeting and maybe should have agendized it to talk about tonight, but we didn't. Um, the League of Women Voters uh, sent out a letter dated June 14th, which I think the clerk distributed to everybody about this issue and why they're opposed to prohibiting ad hoc committees. Um, I feel like this is something we should put on our agenda to talk about at our next meeting, although it's possible that it'll be moved by then because the council, since we're not meeting again till August, they may have already voted on it by then. But even if they have, if they pass it, we might 
still want to talk about what impact it has on us if we can no longer have ad hoc committees. So that's one item. And then the second item is about the redistricting commission. Um, apparently the council passed a motion on April 19th requesting the ethics commission to give our input on potential changes to the city charter concerning redistricting. And we learned about this at last month's meeting via a letter from the League of Women Voters, but it was received after the agenda was published. It was attached to last month's package, but it wasn't part of the conversation. Um, and again, it would have been nice if we had had that on this month's agenda, but we don't. So I'd like it on for August. And there are two points that I'm concerned about. One is the council wants our input, so we need to figure out what input we have, if any. But the other thing is the discussion about how matters get communicated to us from the council. I mean, they passed this motion in April in which they specifically requested the Ethics Commission to do something, and we didn't know about it until the League of Women Voters told us about it. So um, we need to, I want to find out how to get matters communicated from the city council to us when they specifically pertain to us because something went wrong here. <laughs> so Chair, I can speak to that if I may. Um, council is still grappling with redistricting. So they have not uh, made final decisions based on that. They gave, they gave staff direction to move forward with a couple of things, um, but they're also still talking about constituent affairs for some of the districts that um, don't quite take effect. So for instance, um, our odd districts um, will take effect in um, January. So new council members are being elected as we speak. Um, and so after November, we'll have new council members sworn in in December. So those districts will change. So there's some acceleration and deferral periods. Um, and so council is still discussing that and how they will handle constituent affairs. Um, and so the direction that staff was given is that we'll basically have almost 10 years to figure this out, but they do want the ethics commission to weigh in on further changes and does that charter, does it need to be updated? I do anticipate that there may be some simple language modifications um, with the charter that will go to the November voters, but in a bigger picture, they ask that the Ethics Commission look into the Redistricting Commission and give feedback. Okay, so are you saying that's not something that's before us yet because there are more elections going on or that we are supposed to be looking at it and giving feedback now? Uh, the timelines for the November election are almost passed. Um, so if we wanted to put something on the ballot for November, it would be a charter change. Um, and the council direction that I received was there might be some simple language changes for this election in November, but we may need to come back with further clarification on that charter. And it would need to, again, go back to the voters. Okay, so in terms of, I'm still confused. If they passed a motion requesting us to give input, do we want, do we, are we supposed to give them input now? And if so, on what specifically? 
I'm still looking for direction from council on exactly what they want you to give direction on. Okay. Um, and timeline so, wise, timeline wise, there's not time to um, give direction on anything before the um, July deadlines to get something on a November ballot. Okay. So should we put anything on our agenda or for August or will that still be too soon? I think this is a, a perfect item for our, our follow-up log, um, but I think August is probably a little premature because we would be looking at the 2024 election, most likely. Okay, that's all I have. Um, are there any public comments? Well, first of all, does any commissioner have anything to say about the items I raised? Commissioner Ng. Yes, uh, thank you for bringing the uh, ad hoc community up here. So in this case, if, if, um, if we were not gonna have a meeting in July or in some way, somehow that the, the other communities come back to talk about or to eliminate the, the ad hoc committee, that will affect our work, our ongoing work, you know, on the lobbying arguments. So I just want to get a clarification now, this we're gonna we're gonna continue doing our work, okay? Um, until we we hear otherwise. Yes, no, until we hear otherwise. Right, right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Commissioner Adams. Yeah. I am curious to your second question, Chair. You had just mentioned sort of the bigger communication question of if the city council, regardless of topic, um, makes reference during a meeting to something that will be sent to the commission, what is the process by which the um, clerk's office communicates that to us? I, I think that would be an interesting conversation to have, um, you know, at, at some point in the near future. I agree. So maybe we can put that on the agenda at least for August. In, in my uh, go ahead, Commissioner. Question. Okay. Um, to your point on the um, on the charter, the new charter, or whatever. Is there a um, is there a way to find the report completed by the redistricting commission? You know, to see what the new charter. is? Because they, yeah. The, re, the redistricting commission that yeah. created they, the new districts. Yes. So is there, is there something or a report, you know, a public report, or we can read it, or where can we find, where can I get that information? Um, yes, Commissioner, I can send those, the links to the full commission. There's there a final report on why the maps were drawn as they were, and there's also a they did report back to the city council on any updates they would recommend for future years. Mm -hmm. That would be good. Thank you. Well, that would be so. You can send that out to all of us. That's correct. Yes, those both went to the city Great. council. Okay. All right. Anything else? on any of these matters or any other items. 
Okay. Um, what about Madam Clerk? Are there any members of the public who wish to speak on matters not on the agenda? Yes, I have Barry Boyd's hand raised to make public comment for matters not on the agenda. Thank you. Um, and uh, first, sorry, let me straighten out my thought here. If the report from the um, Sacramento Independent Redistricting Commission is available to the public, um, Mindy, if you would, I would like a, a, a link to it as well. Um, and thank you, Chair, for bringing up the recommendation of P and PE through the clerk's office in regards to Sacramento City Code 2.40.160, the um, extinguishing of uh, the ability to have a committee and or ad hoc uh, committee for commissions. And uh, you beat me to the punch on that. But to your, in your statement, you were, since you guys won't be back until August, as I understand it, that topic is on uh, tomorrow city council meeting at 5 p.m. on the consent, it's consent item number two, I do believe, to discuss all of the recommendations um, from P and PE through the clerk's office that has been presented, that will be presented tomorrow um, to be discussed if which of those items will be uh, kept and then uh, vote taken. I believe it was on or dated for July, city council meeting July 19th. So tomorrow's city council meeting at 5 p.m., the recommendations that include the, um, the inability to have an ad hoc committee for commissions will be discussed tomorrow for a vote in the city council meeting on July 19th. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So chair, if I may clarify the action that tomorrow night, um, you're, I believe you're referring to Sacramento City Code um, chapter uh, 2.40, which is boards and commissions generally. And the vote um, tomorrow night is passed for publication. So for an ordinance, um, we the council takes an action, action to pass for publication, um, but we don't talk about the content of the ordinance. So the, the action tomorrow night that we're asking is that they give direction to pass for publication. Could you explain what pass for publication means? So an ordinance is a law of the city. And so in order to do that, um, our codes, our Sunshine Ordinance states that um, we publish the, um, the title and summary of an ordinance so that members of the public know that an action is going to be taken. So you pass for publication that title so that members of the public know that at a future meeting we will be um, talking about the content of an ordinance. Okay, and then what about this July 19th date that Mr. Boyd mentioned? So the action is tomorrow, yeah, the action tomorrow is passing for publication and which then also states when you're going to bring that, that back for action. Um, and the intent is that the it's um, passed for publication. So again, members of the public are notified what the title summary is and then when that, that item will be taken up by the city council. Okay, so the ad hoc item will be taken up on July 19th? So it's actually city code chapter 2.40, which includes 
ad hocs, it um, includes quite a few different things, and I'd be happy to offer mm -hmm. briefings to any commissioner that would like one. Okay, that'd be great. Okay, Does, are there any more um, speakers on public to make public comments? There are no more hands raised, Chair. Okay. So, does anybody on the commission have any last thoughts before we adjourn? No? Okay. That concludes today's agenda. Thank you everyone for your participation. The meeting is adjourned at 7.10 p.m. <laughs>